Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to The Everything is Black and White, a Newcastle United podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live. We are the only place you need to come for all the up-to-date news about your club. We have a panel of expert writers who have covered the club for many, many years. We have legends of the game who also join us as special guests as well as writers from further afield. Hit that subscribe button and get your weekly update of Newcastle United. Hello, welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm joined by football finance expert Kieran McGuire. Kieran, thank you very much for, for coming on to the podcast. You're welcome. Glad to talk. Well, we're here to talk about the Newcastle United takeover, which seems to have been drawn out for what seems an eternity. It's coming now to the end of the fourth week since the directors and owners test started. Kieran, do you think there is reason to be concerned of a Newcastle United fan about the objections, about the concerns over piracy and you know the open letter from the murder journalist Jamal Kasogi's fiance implored Newcastle United fans to object this takeover? Um, I, I don't think so. Uh, to, a, to a large extent, I think we're in a similar position when you're buying a house and you're between exchanging contracts and completion and you know due diligence work has to be done. Um, in terms of the protests, the nature of the Premier League's owner and director's tests is do you have the resources to complete the deal? And I think it's fairly evident that uh, PIF do have that. Um, and then it's really a case of just doing some background checks um, in respect of the owners um, to, to hold a an individual company uh, responsible for the activities of a state um, seems uh, seems strange. Um, and th- remember, there's already an existing relationship between um, somebody from Saudi and Sheffield United. We've got uh, other countries as well, you know, Russia, China, Thailand, uh, the USA. So why Saudi Arabia is being held to a higher or lower moral code than, than other countries would appear to be an inconsistency. So uh, you know, the conclusion would be, I don't think there's anything that should be uh, be of a concern for, for Newcastle fans um, un- unless there is a, a link which has come to light with the, uh, with the piracy and, and be out. Um, but you know, my understanding from talking to one or two people in Saudi is that it, it's formally, it's outlawed there as well. So it does appear that those piracy claims could be the biggest sticking point to this deal going through. Given today that two MPs shared their view on the Newcastle United takeover, Giles Walton called on the Digital Culture, Media and Sport Committee to hold an evidence session on the Saudi piracy claims. Do you foresee that having an impact on the Premier League, given the green light for this deal to go through? If people are concerned about piracy, then, then, then let's start by looking at home. Because you and I both know we can go to a local pub, have a chat with a guy there, walk away with a with a, a stick, and we will be uh, able to watch Premier League matches. Now, um, that that should be our focus. 
And that should be the MPs' focus, surely. Um, the, the, the nature of the piracy in the Middle East. I mean, this is a this is a geopolitical cold war between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. So both 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 sides of the argument are are lining up their their public relations um, quotes and statements and things of that nature. Um, and, and Newcastle is just being used as a bit of a football at present. Uh, I, I strongly suspect you, know, you and I could be having this conversation in, in 12 months' time and we'll look back and say, well, what was all the fuss about? Now, you mentioned there the geopolitics in the Middle East. Do you think that will have any impact on the Premier League, given the green light for this deal? Those who are going to sign off, they're going to be well aware that actually some of these objections are maybe more than just about football. They are about politics in that region, well, it, it is very much about politics. I agree with you entirely, and and therefore on, on that basis, um, that's that's not the Premier League's remit. Now, whether you say that's right or wrong uh, will depend a lot upon political persuasion. Um, that the Premier League is an apolitical organisation. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, offer preferences to one country or another or one political party or another, um, and and that's the way it should be because that that reflects, um, I think, a, a broader issue in society. So um, I think the Premier League feels it's under pressure and therefore it has to be seen to be doing um, background checks to perhaps a, a greater degree than it would have done under normal circumstances. But uh, un- unless there is any evidence of um, the, 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 the prospective owners being involved with the pirate organisation, I, I don't really see how it can be used as, as a vehicle or a me- means to prevent the deal from going through. Now, given the COVID-19 crisis and the amount of money already lost due to the postponements of football, do you think those making the decision on the Newcastle United takeover in the long run might see this investment on Tyneside beneficial not just to the club, but to the Premier League as a whole? Yes. I mean, I think the main the main advantage will be to Newcastle. Um, in due course, I think there could be benefits to the Premier League because if, uh, if, if Newcastle are seen as Saudi's club, you know, and again, I, I've got some students who are based in Saudi Arabia and I've asked them their opinions um, and they are very much of the view that they're, they're very excited about this. You could see the Saudi uh, the Saudi TV company wanting to bid for the, the rights to the Middle East when they next come up for renewal. Um, and clearly, if, if they're going to get into a bidding war with Qatar, that can only benefit the, the Premier League from a financial perspective. So I think there could be medium-term benefits for the Premier League, the short-term benefits very much to Newcastle. Now, this is the furthest along that a potential sale of Newcastle United has been, as far as we understand it, under Mike Ashley's tenure, at least in the public eye. And that's what I want to ask you. Where do you stand on the bizarre notion that it always seems to be played out in the open when it comes to Newcastle United and a potential sale? Um, I think it's I think it's reflective of Newcastle fans' uh, love and obsession about their club that they will be scouring companies' house for the the setup of new companies. Um, anything which mentions the words Amanda and Stavely in the same sentence will be seized upon um, and uh, examined on a forensic basis. Um, and and to a certain extent, that's that's something to, to celebrate. I think it is the nature of of the fan base. Um, the 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 the, 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 the team is so dominant. Dominant in the city. Uh, speaking, you know, as an away fan, it's one of the first things you notice as soon as you, as soon as you get out the train station and things of that nature. Um, so, therefore, they're going to be 
um, inspecting, analysing, looking for information. And yeah, we're living in a world now that we are all interconnected to a large extent uh, in terms of the internet. And, and there are snippets of information. And, and within minutes, you know, that will be um, disclosed to the local press. It will be on the message boards. It will be discussed um, in the online fanzines and, and podcasts and things of that nature. So say the takeover does get passed. Can you give our listeners a little bit of insight into the rules of financial fair play? We're well aware of you know, the wealth of this consortium. So what could they spend potentially in the first, yeah, 18 months or so? Okay, I mean, the way that financial fair play works is that you're allowed to lose £105 million over three years. So therefore, whoever buys into Newcastle, they've got to say, well, what are they inheriting? And uh, I appreciate that he's a divisive figure um, in, in, uh, in, in Newcastle itself. But the one good thing you can say about Mike Ashley is because he has run a fairly tight ship in recent years... Um, they're actually effectively coming into a, a, a free 105 million pounds. You know, they, there's no there's no sort of ongoing losses that they're going to inherit as far as the new owners. So if they want to accelerate spending, they, they can really go right up to the bumper straight away. Um, and, and as far as the the transfer market is concerned, um, you know, it's quite clear that uh, prices are going to be very depressed, which means that a club which is in a buying position, which we're presuming that Newcastle are, given the wealth of the owners, um, they will have a very competitive budget um, compared to uh, perhaps the clubs they consider to be their peer group. And I think at present, Newcastle's peer group, what are we talking about? We're talking about Wolves, Leicester, West Ham, you know, clubs that aren't in the big six, but clubs which are, are uh, have ambitions to get there. So I, I think that will be seen um, uh, as a positive. Um, and I think they'll also be in a position to offer very competitive wages because one of the things which is likely to arise in the in the transfer market is that even if clubs don't want to sell um, because prices are depressed, um, I think there's the opportunity for lots of loan deals. And, and in terms of the loan deal, are you in a position to pick up you know, 80, 90, 100% of the wages of the player you're looking at. Uh, you've only got to look at Coutinho going to Bayern last year. Um, and that could be of benefit to Newcastle as well, because again, they've got that that wiggle room in terms of they can afford to increase their wage bill and still be well within FFP limits. Newcastle United fans understandably very excited at the makeup of this consortium, not only the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, but also the Ruben Brothers, one of the richest families in the United Kingdom, there's a lot of money, and it's quite scary to think just how much money could be put into this project. Um, it, it is. I mean, I, I think the it will be limited by um, a the the budget set by PIF and the Rubin brothers. Um, but I think more more of a concern will be financial fair play. Um, financial fair play was designed to stop spending um, along the lines of what we saw when Roman Abramovich acquired Chelsea and when Sheikh Mansour acquired Manchester City. So for Newcastle's own benefit, um, sort of the scattergun approach that was taken when both of those clubs, which were acquired, you know, there, there was an awful lot of money spent and an awful lot of it was spent unwisely. Um, I, I think that's something which needs to be addressed. And therefore, 
a little bit of patience, a little bit of caution, get the right players rather than the quickest players, I think would be for the benefit of the club. So do you think COVID-19 has had an impact on Mike Ashley finally agreeing to sell the club, given the outlook of football is relatively unknown, not even in a year, but in six months' time, we don't know what it's going to look like financially. So do you think that has maybe played a role in Mike Ashley saying, yes, it's time to sell? Um, I, I, I think there are... There, there are Winners. I mean, Mike Ashley's not got his ideal asking price. He's. I think he's had to uh, has to factor in that uh, we don't know when football is going to return. So therefore, you know, the, the likelihood of match day income, sponsorship income coming in over the next six months is zero. Over the next twelve months is is questionable. So uh, accordingly, um, I think he's looking to cut his losses by reducing the asking price. Um, in in terms of the the number of people willing to buy the club, I suspect that's been reduced as well, because there'll be a number of tyre kickers who clearly were looking as Newcastle as as a cash cow to a certain extent, and and that that identification that the nature of Newcastle will have changed, as will of all clubs in in post COVID immediately. Um, so um, those are those are sort of potential losers and winners and it has meant that the the new consortium have been in a strong position to negotiate with Mike Ashley and effectively say look look come on Mike your focus really should be on your other businesses you know you your 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 main um, area of expertise is retail you're going to need cash to um, to help support your existing businesses. And it could be that PIF have come in with a deal which is a lot of cash up front, whereas you will find with many deals, and, and you know, let's face it, there's a club not too far away from Newcastle who's been in the spotlight recently where it would appear that the deal is being spread over a number of years using parachute payments and things of this nature. I think if PIF can come in and say, well, we're going to put in our cash either straight away or pretty quickly, then if, you, if I was Mike Ashley, I'd snap the hands off because he's got other fish to fry at present. Now, there are some reports that once this deal is passed, that the Premier League will then look to change the owners and directors test. Now, given the objections that this deal has faced, does that strike you as a little strange given the severity of some of the opposition to this deal? I'm not convinced there's much desire amongst Premier League owners to change the rules. In order for, for any changes to be effectively part of the the Premier League's rule book, it has to have the approval of 14 out of 20 clubs. Now, at any one moment, there's probably three or four owners who are contemplating selling their existing club. You know, I, I know of a couple that are informally up for sale as, as we speak. Um, if, if you make the rules more complicated, if, if more people are going to fail the owners and directors tests, then that's going to reduce the pool of potential buyers. And therefore, that's going to reduce the price at which you can sell your club. Under those circumstances, if you were a club owner, would you vote to tighten up the rules, given it's going to potentially reduce your profits upon the sale of the club? And a lot will depend upon whether the club owner is being driven by um, moral and ethical reasons or whether they're being driven by financial. You look at the nature of the owners of the clubs and the majority are financial focused. So you mentioned there the other clubs. What did you make of the story yesterday claiming that 10 Premier League clubs 
could object to this deal on those piracy claims. Um, um, unless they have evidence that uh, PIF are involved on the piracy side, um, I, I don't really see how they, they can influence the the independent, you know, the, the Premier League as its own um, investigating arm uh, in terms of owners and directors. So if the, if those clubs do have evidence, then then that's that's a separate issue. If they don't, it could be, for all we, we know, is that they just want to have their cake and eat it. They want to be seen to be raising a moral and ethical issue. But then I think we need to say, well, should we be applying this, that same level of scrutiny and standard to Sheffield United, to Fosun, to uh, Roman Abramovich? Um, and and some of the other owners as well, um, who are operating in countries where they have a different political and legal system to that of the UK. So with each passing day that the deal isn't signed off, and the more stories that come out, the more objectionable as that go in. What we usually see, and understandably, is Newcastle United fans concerned that this deal will not be passed by the Premier League. Is there reason for concern? My view is is the Premier League, um, they don't want to be seen to be rushing a decision because I think that would reflect poorly on them. Um, it is that much more difficult to, to gather evidence and communicate because we are living in, in a lockdown world. And to a certain extent, I, I think their, their main focus on, at present is having some form of football for people to watch um, and uh, a, an agreed decision made in terms of the return from lockdown. Um, and Newcastle is a secondary story to most other fans of most other clubs. And I appreciate from Newcastle fans perspective, they, they just want to get it. They want to know one way or the other. Yeah, because everybody's looking for certainty. Um, it, the issue is not as much as a priority for other clubs and, and perhaps for the Premier League itself, who's involved in these negotiations with you know, the, the PFA, the LMA and individual clubs, police offices and, and uh, safety, safety advisory groups and things of this nature at present. Just finally then, Kieran, what is your view on the final conclusion of this saga? Will Newcastle United have a new owner and will the new season, whenever that might begin, start under a new era for these Newcastle United fans? My, my gut reaction is yes. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is it appears that contracts have been exchanged, a deposit in theory has been paid if, if the stories in the press are true. Um, and therefore, you wouldn't be doing that unless both parties, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be wasting their own time um, unless both parties were committed to the deal. 